In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togenet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen talking to you about happiness. I show up here every Wednesday, as I hope you do too, to discuss happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. It comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on today's guests, I wanted to open up the phone lines and let people know they can call in and join our conversation at 877-864-4869. Again, join the conversation about happiness at 877-864-4869. And then I wanted to mention a couple of exciting events that are happening tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific, um, we are going to be sharing happiness with Lou Paget, one of our sister shows on Toginet Radio. And Lou has a very informative and educational talk show about human sexuality. So we are going to talk about happiness and sexuality and how it all relates tonight. So join us if you can or join us afterward on the podcast. In addition to which, I wanted to also mention next, uh, on May 13th, I will be teaching at Kripalu, which is a very large yoga retreat center in Lenox, Massachusetts. So there'll be a Harvesting Happiness workshop going on there with all proceeds being donated to our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes. You can reach us uh, for registration at www.kripalu, K-R-I-P-A-L-U.org or through Harvesting Happiness for Heroes at www.hh, the number four, then spelling out heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S dot org. Okay, now after having said that mouthful, I would love to welcome a wonderful, wonderful friend and counselor from the Salt Lake City area. 
His name is Frank Clayton. He's a licensed professional counselor specializing in happiness. And he has taught hundreds of people over the past two years in his class, Happiness 101, the scientifically proven methods to become a happier person. Welcome and good morning, Frank. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks for joining us here. It is always a pleasure to get our, our, our little happiness uh, fix, and we get to do it publicly today, which is really exciting. Very exciting, and I get you for a whole hour. <laughs> a, a whole hour uninterrupted. No phones, just just you, me, and any, any phone callers that might want to join our conversation. Um, I wanted to also acknowledge Frank because Frank organized an incredible screening of our documentary film, H Factor, Where Is Your Heart, in Utah in April. We had a huge turnout. We are going to do it again on June 20th, I believe. June 20th it is, uh-huh. June 20th, and we'll, we'll do all sorts of posting about that so people can join in on that event. So here we are to talk about you as the happy therapist. Are, are you a happy therapist, a happy guy, or in pursuit of it? Uh, I, you know, what I tell my students all the time is I am on the path with them. And, I, you know, I, I think it would be kind of depressing to reach a point where somebody said, okay, Lisa, You've reached the pinnacle. This is as happy as you can ever be, and that's it. <laughs> you know? yes. I think that, that hope is, is part of that. And, I, and so, yes, I'm definitely happy, and I also know that uh, I could be happier. I, could, I think people can always be a little happier. There's always room for more, for more smiles, more laughter, more joy, more giving, more love, in, in that sense of happiness. Absolutely. How did you become so interested in learning about happiness? Well, um, actually, I had already been a therapist. My uh, private practice was up and running. And uh, so here I had all of the skills that you might imagine a a therapist in practice would have. And uh, I picked up this book called The How of Happiness. And I read it on on a plane ride up to Ontario, so I, I got to really immerse myself in, in the topic. And in there, there is a, a self-test called the Oxford Happiness Scale. And the average, uh, the lowest you can score is a 1, and the highest you can score is a 6. And the average is a 4.3. That's, you know, when they tested the masses, that's, that's what it came out to. And so here I am, I'm a therapist, and I tested myself, and I was at a 4.2. So I'm just a little bit below the average person. I was like, wait a minute, this, this is not okay. This is not okay. So, um, so I, I really rolled up my sleeves and uh, did a lot of work on myself, and there were so many amazing concepts in the book that I, I just wanted to share it with people. And so uh, my original intent was to start a depression support group, but nobody was showing up because I guess they don't want to support depression. And <laughs> I, think, I think the word group also really scared people away. So it slowly metamorphosized and became... Like a real class, it isn't. It isn't group therapy by any stretch. 
we keep it very, in fact, that's one of the rules in the class is keep it positive. So it ends up being kind of a, an oasis of positivity for, for the students for that week. And so um, I put my feet on the path, and I just kept teaching. And it was great because it was, it, it was a wonderful way for me to learn was to be the teacher, to challenge myself to always learn something new. You mentioned um, before I came on uh, about your your talk show tonight about uh, sexuality and happiness. And, you know, that was one of the classes that I taught as, as a spin because, you know, we are sexual beings. That's a part of our, our nature and how we're made up. And so, you know, why not do a class on, on happiness and sexuality because that's part of the mix. And it's a, it's a very popular class, no doubt. It's popular in terms of how I see the uh, the sharing going on of our announcements and things like that virally, you know, via the internet. And I think people are curious, and it's it's something that you know we're not taught necessarily to celebrate in a happy way our sexuality. It's something that we're you know we store behind the closed doors. And really, what we're talking about, and what I love about Lou's work, is it is really not about the biomechanics necessarily. It is about the, the, the headspace and the emotional intimacy that rolls along with the, the fun and games. Right, right. In practice, I, I often ask couples about their sexuality because it's often a, a, a sample or a microcosm of the macrocosm of, or a reflection of what's really going on in the rest of the relationship. And so... You know, yeah, why why not talk about it? It's part of it. Um, your class, Happiness 101, which I love the story of its evolution. It started, um, from my recollection, as a, as a class with a core, I think it was five people, and it has grown exponentially over the past couple of years. And you really approach it. This is not for the faint of heart. Happiness 101 is not for people who want to cruise. It's for people who really want to work. And can you elaborate a little bit on the process? You know, you, you, you run it like a college class. I do. I, the, the format of the class has changed considerably because I used to have it where uh, people could just float in and out whenever they felt like it. And, uh, but I, I reformatted the class in the fall of last year. And uh, I did make it very much like a college class. There's uh, there's the text. There is definitely a lot of homework. They're challenged to do all. They're they're challenged to watch some of the videos, and there's different assignments. And I actually pre, uh, I guess, interview each student before they take the class because if they're a tourist and they just want to stop by and see what this is all about, then uh, then it's probably not for them. I, I, my favorite people are the ones that are ready to grab me by my shirt and say, I need this class. I really want to be here. Those, those are the ones that I, I really want because they're going to be the ones that get the most out of the class. We are going to roll into a break shortly, and when we come back, I want to speak a little bit more about 
Happiness 101 and the the process of setting one's intention to become happier, which is a huge part of this process. Instead of whining about what's wrong, as people often do, they get mired in their story and stuck in what's not working with life. There are a few brave, courageous souls out there, many in fact, who are opting for different choices and taking command of their own happiness. And that's what I really would like to explore from your perspective as a therapist and also as the leader of this group in your community. So when we come back, we, are, we will continue the conversation with Frank Clayton, who is a licensed professional counselor in Salt Lake City, who is offering an incredible class, Happiness 101. We'll be right back, and here comes the music. life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity we'll be right back to explain how on harvesting happiness with lisa cypress Kamen on toginet.com part of the grateful good grateful nation brings together patients families friends and staff of beth israel deaconess medical center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center through new and traditional media Members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Look who's on, it's Dakota Man Keith, and he's number one. Now you might think Juan's youth was sad, because right. he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case, nope. it wasn't his fate, no. Nope. The Juan's never struggled to communicate. Ha. Y'all wave your hands, look who's on, it's Dakota Man Keith, and he's number one. It's That Keith Wine Show on Togginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, That Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wan and the show, go to his website, KeithWanWann.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap because the Coda Man's on. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap because the Coda Man's on. Don't miss that Keith Wan show. Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone, to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I'm here with today's guest, Frank Clayton, who is a Salt Lake City-based licensed professional counselor specializing in 
guess what? The Art of Happiness. He teaches a fabulous class called Happiness 101. And welcome back again, Frank. Thank you so much. We were speaking before the break about one's commitment to becoming a happier person, to getting out of one's own way and recrafting the story of your life from the wine to to the shine, I'd like to say in this moment. And let's talk a little bit about your coursework, and it is a six-week course. It is, uh uh-huh. And uh, you were talking about the the level of commitment. I, I, I think of the... New Year's resolution syndrome. You know, we, we say, oh, yeah, I want to be happier, but then what are you willing to do to do that? And so right out of the gate uh, in class number one, I have them start talking about their goals. And there's a chapter in The How of Happiness. That's by Sonia Lubomirsky, by the way. And uh, I have them jump to, I think that's in Chapter 10, to have them really look at what is their goal. We go over all of the fine points of making a good goal because, you know, to be honest, uh, in Happiness 101, I look for people that are, there, that are not messing around, uh, that this is something that they really, really want, and they're committed, and they're willing to do the work to get there. And the results are just amazing. It's it's such a privilege to watch people transform over the course of the class. I um, had the great pleasure of speaking with many of your students at the screening in um, in Utah last month, and I could see and hear the enthusiasm within them about about the course and about what what they've done for themselves with it because really you're providing the framework and the tools but they're doing the work they're they're uh making the commitment they are walking the talk and and going down the path towards a more fulfilling life by following some very basic um uh, steps, and I was wondering if you could share if there was any one particular kernel of wisdom you could share with our listeners that if they said, you know what, I I I just want to be happier, what would you suggest to them? I guess the biggest thing that I would want to tell them is is that um, one of the myths of happiness is that it's it's something big. It's you know uh, when the recession's over, when I have a baby, when I get the promotion. We think that it's the big things, but the real joy is learning that it isn't the big things. It's the little things. It's, it's your attitude. Uh, the average person complains 70 times a day, you know. Uh, really? Start, yes, yeah, 70 times a day. So if you start being mindful and you start realizing what, what are the little things that I'm doing on a daily basis that is actively contributing to my own unhappiness. And, and so, you know, I, I've worked with people who were um, seriously and pervasively mentally ill. You know, that's, that's the, how it's couched in the psychological field. And so these are people who are, you know, actively psychotic. And uh, so, I, you know, I said to one lady, she says, well, obviously you didn't get the memo, Frank. Uh, I hear voices. I can't be happy. And I said, okay, well, 
why is it that just because you think that you hear voices, why does that preclude you from being happy? And it was like I was speaking a different language, but nobody had ever said that to her. I mean, we've all got problems. We've all got, we've had our, you know, we've got baggage. We've had things happen. And I'm not, uh, I don't mean to be flip about that, but we've all, we all do have problems. And uh, the, the secret of happy people isn't that they don't have problems. It is um, how they handle those problems. Indeed. You know, how, how one relates to the issue really becomes the issue because we've all got stuff happening. There is, there is always uh, negativity. There is always drama. There's always trauma and illness and bad things that happen. It is part of being alive in the human experience. And it's what we do with that experience that I believe makes the difference. Yeah. Like yesterday, I got a ticket. And I, and, and, but the police officer was so nice. He was, you know, he didn't have the sunglasses on. He wasn't all stoic. He, he spoke to me in a very friendly manner. And, and I thanked him. And he, he turned around and he said, are you thanking me because I gave you a ticket? And I said, no, I'm not thanking you for giving me a ticket, but I'm thanking you for being so pleasant. And, you know, it, it, it for me, my experiences in the past haven't been, well, you know, getting the ticket itself is not a picnic, but it's a lot of it is the experience of getting the ticket. It usually feels very, like, shameful or something. And this guy was so nice. I was like, wow, that is so, you know, I appreciated the fact. And, and plus he knocked 10 points off of uh, what it would have been or 10 miles an hour off of what it would have been. Ouch. So why, <laughs> why, yeah, why can't I be, why can't I be thankful for that? Well, it's, I think what I hear you saying is the, 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 the mindfulness of the moment. You were in an unpleasant situation. The guy was in a position of authority and he didn't abuse his power, which in turn made your mistake just a mistake. It had no other value than just a mistake. And, you know, you got a ding for it. Right. That's right. So the exchange became a positive one. I think that's what we are talking about, and I think that's a fantastic example because it's life is filled with uh, ticketing experiences, you know, uh, tra traffic infractions, problems, and it is how we deal with the other person in the equation and how we deal with ourselves when these situations arise. And I think this is probably a big part of what you are teaching um, the people who come to Happiness 101. Right. I mean, that's one of the exercises that somewhere in the class, we, we take something that is, we, most people automatically think that's a bad thing. And we take that and we, we milk it and we say, what are all of the good things that have come out of whatever we've done? 9-11, we've done World War II, and I've filled entire whiteboards, had to erase them and start all over and, and do another whiteboard full, because once you start getting those juices flowing, and you start saying, well, maybe there are some good things, but I think it's very easy for us to couch and say, oh, that's a bad thing. Like, um, there's a, an article on my website that's called Strengthening Your Positive Muscles. Because I think that we're just 
we have a propensity to lean toward the negative. And so our negative muscles are big and strong, like Arnold, you know, your, your governor out there, big and beefy, right? So, uh, so it's an opportunity there. I've found eight different flavors, if you will, so far about how we can build up our positive muscles. And sometimes I run them through uh, exercises. It's almost like going to the positive gym. It's like, well, what's the positive in this? What's the positive in that? And they're like, wow, wow, you know, and you can see the wheels start turning and, and they're building their muscles, their positive muscles up. Um, it is very much uh, like a training program, you know, that, it, that happiness in of itself is very much like strength training. You know, if you want to become stronger, if we want to become physically stronger, we work out. If we want to become thinner, we watch what we eat and we work out. If we want to become happier, and more joyful in our lives, we make conscious decisions to exercise those parts of our hearts and our minds and our perceptions to be, become happier, to become more joyful, to become less uh, judgmental, perhaps to become more forgiving, uh, to be more relaxed about how we appear in the world and how the world appears to us because we tend to assign values to things that happen to us, like getting a speeding ticket, that really are it's just, it, it's a perception. It's not, and, and both are correct. You know, if you see it as a bad thing, it is a bad thing. If you see it as just a thing that happens, it is just a thing that happens. Right. Exactly right. And I so think that that's, of, I'm sorry. A lot of what we do in the class is, is we, uh, and this is one of my favorite things about the How of Happiness, is is that we identify there's a called a person uh, a self activity fit diagnostic that's in the book and there's 12 different what they call happiness habits and what i love about it is is that you take this test and once you've taken the test it identifies what are what are things personal to you that would actually lift your level of happiness because I could name you study after study that will say how great meditation is and how it absolutely will lift your level of happiness, but that's not everybody's bag. So I could write a whole book and I could give you all kinds of stuff to support that and say, if you want to be happy, then you just need to meditate and here's all of the stuff that I, that I have to support that. And somebody will read that, and they'll try it, and they'll be like, wow, this just isn't working for me. Maybe I can't be happier. But there are 12 different happiness habits in the book. And so I love it because the students pop out the other side with um, a personalized plan for them about how they can be happier, and they they start using it right away. We are going to slip into the break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to talk with Frank Clayton about um, the most popular tips to become happier, and we will also talk further about Happiness 101. And, Frank, tell our listeners how and where they can connect with you really quickly. (laughs) Okay, my website is www.saltlakementalhealth.com. And my email is frank at saltlakementalhealth.com. Here we go to the tunes. 
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Adoption, Journey to Motherhood with Mary Beth Wells. Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. This is not your typical show about adopting children. This is a shared experience from Mary Beth's heart. Mary Beth will be talking about and covering all the issues pertaining to adoption, including adoptive parents, birth parents, adoptees, foster care, and infertility. So, how did your journey to motherhood begin? Or are you still on the path? We want to hear all voices sharing their stories and talking about those issues that are so dear to our hearts. You see, Mary Beth is a birth mom that relinquished a child for adoption and ended up coming full circle by adopting two beautiful little girls from Guatemala. And that led to her starting a doll company about adopting baby dolls from all around the world so that children could choose their own doll and learn about that doll's heritage. For more on Mary Beth and her dolls, go to PreciousBabyDolls.com. Then join us for Adoption, Journey to Motherhood with Mary Beth Wells. Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. Remember, the heart knows no boundaries. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Frank Clayton, who is a licensed professional counselor in the Salt Lake City area. He uh, runs an incredible class called Happiness 101. And prior to the break, we started touching upon the 12 happiness habits. And Frank, I was wondering if we can just chat about that for a little bit more and give our listeners some, some of those happiness habits. Sure, absolutely. Do you want me to just uh, fire them off to you, or how would you like yeah. that exactly? Let's let's fire them off, and uh, this way people will have it. They'll have it memorialized on their podcast. Okay, great. And, you know, it, I think it would be a great opportunity for people to call in, too, because if they have any questions about how this works. 
Excellent. At 877-864-4869. Call us and engage with us in a conversation about happiness habits at 877-864-4869. Okay, fire away. <laughs> okay, the, uh, there is expressing gratitude, cultivating optimism, avoiding overthinking, and social comparison, which is an interesting one. Yes. Practicing acts of kindness nurturing social relationships, developing strategies for coping, learning to forgive, that's a big one, Uh, increasing flow experiences, savoring life's joys, practicing religion and spirituality, and taking care of your body, which includes meditation. Excellent. Those are all very, very useful tips and certainly ones that I use in my coaching practice and workshop practice. And most of us do, I think, because they've been proven, you know, they're tried, they're true, they work, they're free, they're simple, and uh, people really uh, can usually very easily embrace at least 50% of them immediately. You know, they don't have to work too hard to make some of these shifts. Right. Right. And for some people, they, they take the self-test and they're like, well, I already knew that about myself. So your listeners might say, you know, these, some of these things are uh, things that I could do and, and could do more of. Um, but it's an interesting thing when you take the test because there's five different parameters on which she tests you. And there's three positive and there's two negative. And it's interesting because uh, the two negative ones are guilt and situational. So she, the research has ferreted out that if you do something because you would feel guilty if you didn't do it, there's a much less of a chance that you'll actually follow through on that. Um, and then the other one being situational, if somebody's standing over you, uh, literally or figuratively, and they're saying, oh, you need to exercise, you need to exercise, then there's, there's less of a chance that you will actually follow through on that. And then the other three positives are, you know, like, do you, do you see value in it? Is it something that comes natural to you? Is it something that you enjoy? So I love the self-test because for some people they say, oh, yeah, I, I really want to forgive but it's not really something that comes naturally to them. They really only are trying to forgive because they would feel guilty if they didn't. And so what she suggests in the book is to focus on the things that do come more naturally to you and don't worry so much about the other things that, um, that don't come naturally to you or you don't enjoy. Well, I think that uh, it is the putting into practice and putting into motion what you do enjoy that can become automatic or at least semi-automatic, which then gets you on the pathway to feeling a little bit lighter, a little bit more joyful, which then opens up the opportunity to start embracing these other items. And I think that um, one of them, for many people, that is difficult to embrace is the concept of religion in the conventional sense. There are plenty of people out in the world that do have a very strong religious practice, but then there are others who 
who don't but wouldn't say they're non-believers. They would say that they're spiritual. So then the challenge becomes helping them understand that spirituality and connection to a, a source greater than oneself can come from many places, which I know I'm saying a mouthful here, but it is also reinterpreting what spirituality is so it is digestible and can be embraced by somebody who wouldn't nor- normally accept it. Right. Right. And, no, I totally agree. If they have that schema in their head that, ooh, you know, because maybe they had a bad experience, religion is, is bad, then you're right. That's something that they would probably shy away from. But, you know, one of the things about uh, going to church that is so significant is because it connects you to the community, and it gives you an opportunity to meet people and make friends, and even completely setting aside the, you know, what particular religion that you are, that piece is huge. Um, Dan Gilbert, in his documentary on PBS, was called This Emotional Life, and he, he said there is no magic bullet, there is no perfect key to happiness, but if there was one, it would be social connection. Oh, agreed. And I, and I do believe that uh, religious or spiritual affiliation, aside from the aspect of prayer, but just the very act of connecting with like-minded people at a set time and place, is very, very helpful in cultivating higher happiness levels. And the other thing that I find very interesting, I, I work with veterans, and I talk with them about religion, and some of them have a lot of doubt resulting from the experiences they've had in combat or the post-deployment experiences that they've been challenged by with addiction or uh, anger issues. And when we talk about the religious angle, and I ask them to to consider redefining it, um, it takes on a different meaning. And what I ask them to look at is if you achieve that sense of oneness or elevation or connection with something larger than yourself from a different kind of experience, such as gardening or yoga or dancing or singing or listening to music, then that becomes another way of defining one's spirituality. Are we there? Hmm. I think I'm left out in the ethers again. Let's see. Frank, are you there? Well, I'm just going to keep talking just in case. And, uh... This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, and I am on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. It seems like I've lost my um, live chat with the radio station, so I'm just going to keep talking about happiness and hope that I'm called back. And uh, hello. Okay, Lisa, we're still trying to get a hold of Frank here, so go All right. keep going. Okay, okay. Uh, I will keep going because I could talk about happiness forever. Welcome back, everyone. Sorry for the technical glitch. Um, prior to being cut off, we were talking about right, looking at new ways of redefining spirituality and religion for an individual. Frank, are you back with us? Check with Dad to make 
Okay, thank you. Do we have Frank back on the line? We do not have Frank yet. Oh, well, Jill, stay with me. Jill, Jill is, is, is one of the producers at TogiNet, and I'm going to engage her in a discussion about, about happiness and spirituality because I know that you have a, uh, a devout practice, and I want to know what it means to you and, and your happiness. My happiness. My happiness is when a show goes really well and we don't have any disconnects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's not how life always rolls, you yeah. know? That's very true, very true. But uh, we're still, Sam's here helping me try to get a hold of uh, Frank again, and he's going to call us back. And so we've got about two minutes. And um, did I lose you? Or are you still here? I'm still with you. Okay, I'm, I, I, you know what? You can't, you can't shake happiness. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> happiness, you know, when you have family and friends around you and, and you have too many and so many blessings that uh, are bestowed upon you, you can't, uh, you can't not be happy. I, I, I believe that's true, and I agree with you. And I agree with you that it, when the adversity comes, and it usually rolls through each and every one of our lives, it is that um, the connection that we have to other people and the community that we've built around us that sustains us and helps bring us to the other side of it. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. We're, um, I'm, I'm halfway listening to you and halfway uh, trying to get all of our stuff going here. And, and I'm just trying to figure out we've got about 88 seconds before we go to commercial break. Well, praise the Lord about that break, right? I know. <laughs> I know. So what makes you happy, Lisa? Well, you know, that is a fantastic question because I, I know that, of course, my children, my family, the connection to the people that I love. But in addition to that, it has been finding my voice with this work, which came to me at midlife. And that's why I get so excited about sharing this is it's never too late. Um, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to make a good choice. And that's what I love most about happiness work. And what makes me happy is, uh, helping others understand they can make a choice and make a decision at any time to lead a more joyful life, regardless of external circumstances. You're exactly right. And you know, one of the things that I have found that when I get when my happiness is when I can put a smile on somebody else's face, and um, if I can make somebody else happy, that makes me happy. Indeed, indeed. It is the, it is the cervic, service aspect of you know, showing up joyfully for life and sharing those gifts that one has with another person. It doesn't really get much better than that. or It's pretty simple. It's not complicated. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And then I think we're getting Frank back. So when we come back from our commercial break, I think we'll be able to have him. And you've got five seconds to, turn us, to take us to break. All right. Well, this is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. You are sort of listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how. On Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Hello, everybody. This is Pete Dix asking if you'll join me on Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. What a show I've got in store for you. Not only all the Apple reissues that I'll be looking at, some very rare tracks indeed, a report on my evening watching and listening to Neil Innes of the Ruttles and the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. 
So please join me, Pete Dix, with Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. This is Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back officially, really live to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here with Frank Clayton, who is a Salt Lake City, Utah-based licensed professional counselor. And we went through sort of, uh, you know, like glitchy, crazy uh, airwaves, and it, and it happens. And I learned to, to roll with it, and I learned to make light of it, and it is uh, illustrative of what you do when you have sort of a sketchy situation. You just got to laugh. You got to say this is life, and life is not always perfect. So welcome back, Frank. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ah, so we're here. We're back. We were talking about um, Sonia Lubomirsky, who wrote a wonderful book called The How of Happiness. And in the book, she talked about uh, Twelve, uh, 12 Top Happiness Habits, and I wanted to just let people know where those happiness habits came from. And also, you had mentioned that you might like to share with everybody about uh, the hows of happiness that Dr. Lubomirsky writes about. Right, right, because, uh, again, going back to the analogy of the New Year's resolution, it's great if we say, okay, I want to have, I want to have more flow experiences or I want to cultivate more optimism. And we get on our pom-poms and we say, yay, this is wonderful. Hey, I'm going to cultivate more optimism. But then just like the New Year's resolution, often, you know, we come out of the gate and we're all ready to go. But then, you know, come a few months, we start to flag. And so I wanted to share with the audience something that I call, I call, I it's the key to happiness. I hand my students a piece of paper, and it doesn't really look like all that much at first glance, but it is, it, it, it's just a piece of paper, and it, you put the date on it, what your happiness goal is on a scale from 1 to 10, how happy would you say you are now, and it also challenges you to write three positives for the day, 
And then also one thing that you looked at during the day that you, at first glance, you think is negative, and then it challenges you to think about how could that quote-unquote negative thing be a positive thing. And the reason that I say that that is the key to happiness is because in good times and in bad times, if you get into the habit of doing that every single day, even if, even if a loved one has passed away, that can be the tether that keeps you on the path. And I, and I tell that to my students, hey, we're going to have a great six weeks. You're going to learn a lot. But if you don't do this, at, after the six weeks is over, you're just going to slip back into your old, old habits. And so the five hows of happiness, I, I can't say enough about this book. I have read, you know, Lisa, I have read a lot about happiness, and this is bar none the best book because it's easy to read and it gives you some very real-world things that you can use right away. And so it's great that you learn, okay, this is my top four happiness habits, yay, and you do the pom-pom thing, but then (laughs) we want you to follow through on that and actually make that a part of your daily life. And so the five hows of happiness, the first one is positive emotion. And you might say, well, duh, yeah, of course, you know, if you want to be happy, you have have to have positive emotion. But Barbara Fredrickson has written an entire book called Positivity, that is all about the importance of positive emotion and how it's not just some fluffy thing we go, oh, that's, that's really, really nice. By being in a better mood, we attract people to us more. Uh, we have a better chance of getting that promotion that we want. People are friendlier to us, uh, and it creates what's called an upward spiral. I mean, we all know that the downward spiral works, so... If we uh, start off the day and we start off with a good attitude, often we'll see the positive things that are going on in our life. So the second uh, how of happiness is optimal timing and variety. And that one is important because even if you find the ultimate thing for you that cultivates your personal happiness, if it becomes, if it starts to get to a point where it's rote, and you're just doing the same thing every day, I mean, even eating chocolate cake every single day, you're going to start to get bored with it. And so you need to shake things up and make sure that you're doing uh, doing it with the best timing and shake things up with some variety once in a while. Um, the third one, as I mentioned before, uh, is social support. You know, that's the reason why things like AA works, Weight Watchers works, because you have the and, and happiness 101, because you have that accountability of coming in. That's one of the other reasons why I do the happiness social once a month is to get give people an opportunity to check back in. Um, the other one is motivation, effort, and commitment. And so, yes, if you want to have a happier life, it takes some commitment. It takes effort. You don't just sit back in your lazy boy and say, okay, I've decided I want to have a happier life, and uh, I'm ready for it to come to me. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it takes that. And one of the, I just want to throw in real quick, one of the things that I found that is uh, uh, counter, counterproductive to happiness 
is when people, they have poor self-esteem and they don't think that they're worthy of happiness. That's a really big one. And then, mm. the, and then, the, and then the fifth how of happiness is habit. Uh, I believe that people are mindlessly, actively creating their own unhappiness on a daily basis, but they're not being mindful as to what the things, what it is that they're doing. So, um, you know, there was one guy and he said, you know, we're born happy and then in his belief system, we, uh, we actually learn how to be unhappy. And not only do we learn how to be unhappy, but we practice it. We keep it going. Mm, you make a very interesting point. Um, people don't think they deserve happiness. They think that happiness is something that is very elusive. Many people, until they figure it out, that it's elusive, that it's sort of the luck of the draw, that it's somewhat like the lottery, that you know you play the odds and you usually don't get it. And really what this work calls for is being open-minded and, uh, and interpretive, understanding that there may be adjustments that are required, however small, to view the world slightly differently to see that the happiness is there and the needless suffering. I'm not saying all suffering because suffering is part of life, but the needless suffering, the sort of internal torture that we do as human beings to ourselves does not need to be perpetuated. Absolutely. And you, you bring up a good point because uh, you, you kind of, you didn't, I'm sure you didn't know it, but you hit on one of the, the myths of happiness, which is either you think either you're born with it or you're not. And so if you have that mindset and you're not, you don't dub yourself, oh, I'm not one of those, I see these people and they're walking around, they seem to smile at everything and no matter what happens, they just seem to let it roll off and nothing seems to bother them and you have a mindset that you're either born with that or you're not, then where does that leave you? Then you're going to say, oh, well, I wasn't born with that. And so then you're, you're on some level you're thinking, oh, I'm doomed to be unhappy. And then why would anybody try to be happier if they don't think that they can? Yes, a very, very good point, because I also what Sonia Lubomirsky points out in her book is that a certain amount of our happiness quotient or intelligence is inherent. We're born with it, and, the, and what we're not born with, we can cultivate. So we're not, we're not doomed to our genetics in terms of our happiness set point. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I know that we're. You're going to tell me in a second that we need to start wrapping up, right? I am. I'm going to tell you that we need to start wrapping up. But I wanted before we do wrap up, I want to again allow our listeners the opportunity to know how to reach you, to connect with you, to mention that you are contemplating offering um, internet workshops that Happiness 101 will come to the ethers, and to please make sure that they get in touch with you at your website, which is. It's www.saltlakementalhealth.com, and I am on Facebook, and Happiness 101 also has its own fan page on Facebook as well. And the uh, happiness socials that go on monthly in the Salt Lake City area are published on your website. 
You do have uh, newsletters, you write articles, you're very active within the community, and you're continuing to build your own happiness network in, in the Utah area, which is which is really wonderful. And I'm, I'm grateful to be able to be a part of it from time to time and to be with you again in June. On June 20th, we're going to screen H-Factor, Where Is Your Heart, once again in Salt Lake City. And um, to reach you by email, Frank, what would be the email address people could connect with you at? It's frank at saltlakementalhealth.com. Fantastic. Well, this has been a wonderful wonderful, informative hour with, with one of my favorite people who I love to schmooze about happiness with. And we will do it again. And I wanted to close with a few thoughts, but I also wanted to remind people once again that they can connect with me personally at Harvesting Happiness Workshop that's going to be going on at Kripalu, K-R-I-P-A-L-U in Lenox, Massachusetts, May 13th through 15th. So it's a couple weeks from now. And I do have a couple of closing thoughts that I always love to share with everyone. And um, here they are. And that's happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thank you for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. And remember until next time, and remember always, that happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And Frank Clayton, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing what I know to be part of your joy with this work. And um, are there any announcements upcoming immediately in Salt Lake City for Happiness 101 or the social that you'd care to share and get the word out? Uh, the next Happiness 101 class will be on August 9th, and it is six weeks long. And I don't know that we've mentioned during the show, but it's actually free of charge. We didn't mention that. So join Frank at Happiness 101 for free. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedax.